This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, a man who knows how to rock a pair of sunglasses, Ryan Nelson. Justin, I'm going to give you some advice. Don't ever touch a gamer special sock. <laughs> That's right. You never want to do that because, well, well you know that. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast since we started a few months ago, thank you for listening and continuing to do so and making us a part of your day. If you're new to the show, we hope you enjoy it as we talk about a surprise hit from 2021, Free Guy. If you are a new or regular and would like more access to the show, visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. Go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast and you can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, 5 10 or $20 level. And when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you can't be a patron, you can help the show out by rating us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating, and if you have time, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on air next time we record. Both of those go a long way in getting the show in the ears of new listeners, and we would be greatly appreciative if you did so. All right, we are talking about Free Guy, a Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy uh, project. We talked about a different Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds project in our last episode on the Adam Project, and we're talking about another one this time. And they're going to have a third one out, not in, not too dis- uh, distant future, with Deadpool three. He's getting they're teaming up for that one. All right, so let's talk about uh, Ryan Reynolds. We we had mentioned in the Adam Project we we're going to have a discussion about Ryan Reynolds. I'll, I'll let you start because you you brought this up. And this was, you brought some things up I wasn't aware of. Yeah. So. Uh... There is The Ringer has some podcasts that we both like. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did a watch along to this movie and just bashed Ron Reynolds the whole time. Really? And, and then talked about how terrible the Adam Project was, you know, and I, I just di- I didn't know. And then I was trying to find some I tried to when, when we're doing this show, I'll just give you some feedback listeners I, I do some research on like right. what people are saying and i just reading critics reading people finding other podcasts there is a group of a, a high group of people that hate ron Reynolds, right like hate him yeah i kind of went to, when you mentioned this i kind of went and tried to look it up a little bit apparently and this is something i mentioned in the adam project when ron reynolds plays ron reynolds when Ryan Reynolds is in a movie, he plays himself for the most part. I mean, his, this this he has the stick of being kind of the smarmy, smart aleck kind of character, and that's kind of something he's developed here in his last few movies. So he's one of those guys. I mean, and I mentioned Nicolas Cage in this in the same regard. A lot of people either love Nicolas Cage or you hate Nicolas Cage. There's a lot of people who I mean, there's not a whole lot of eh, Nicolas Cage is all right. Ryan Reynolds seems to be developing that same type of, of reputation for the most part. Either you like him or you don't, and there's going to apparently be a lot of people who don't. I don't know what it is. I mean, I like him. Uh, I've enjoyed. I love him. I've enjoyed his stuff. I mean, he, there are some things that he's better in, and certain things that he's worse in. I, I wasn't a huge fan of of his performance in the Sandra Bullock movie he was in. I don't remember what it was called. That oh, movie. I liked that movie. The I, I, I liked it. I just I, there were times in that movie when I wasn't sure if he was trying to be serious, if he was trying to be funny. I, there were some. I thought that, like I said, I liked the movie, but there were some. I had some issues with his performance. I don't think he really developed that what he wanted to be is this reputation that he currently has though in that when he filmed that uh, like I said so I, I understand why some people may not like him but the hate that he sometimes brings on I think is is 
uncalled for, to say the least. I agree. And, you know, people say, you know, like you said, like he does the same thing in, in every movie. You know who does the same thing in every movie? Al Pacino. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Yeah. I mean, and they're considered the goats. Yeah, and that, that's one of the things that you have to think about whenever you're casting anybody to do a film is there are going to be certain things that some actors can do and some things that some certain actors can't. And it just comes into a, a personality thing, I think, with Ryan Reynolds. If you don't like the, you know, the smug, kind of smart-elky type of person, you're not going to like Ryan Reynolds. Now, I will say this, and this is one of the things I want to talk about. This is the least Ryan Reynolds performance that he, we have gotten from him in a long time. Yeah, I agree with you. He he definitely uh, he he's he adds some of the 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 smart Alec, but like he's toned down a lot when yeah. he's playing the 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 naive guy. Right. Yeah, because you don't get a lot, of it. and that's one of the things I th- I think that he can do more of. Uh, but obviously, when people are are getting ready to cast him, you know that's what they're looking for. They're wanting that smarmy, smart Alec. I mean, basically, Deadpool changed the way that people viewed Ryan Reynolds because. Deadpool is just, you know, this incredibly smart aleck character. I mean, he is, that's just what he is in the comics. And, you know, Ryan Reynolds does a spectacular job of pulling that off when he's recording that. So, I mean, it just really changed the way that I think a lot of people viewed Ryan Reynolds as an actor when we got Deadpool. But like I said, to see him kind of break away from that in this film, I thought was really, really refreshing. Yeah, and I I thought he was fantastic in this movie. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he is doing a spectacular job. I mean, this is a really good cast. I mean, oh yeah, the cast of this film I don't think gets enough credit for what it is. Because let's go ahead and get in that real quick. What were your thoughts about this film before you saw it? And when did you see it? Saw it at the theater. So I kept this was I, I I started going back in the theater last summer mm-hmm. and actually this movie was supposed to come out i think in 2020 yeah i think it was so i've seen this trailer for a hundred million times <laughs> so I, I to be honest i wasn't going to go see this movie because right. even though i love ron reynolds i'd seen this movie a million times and also the trailer makes it look like uh keys joe carey steve from mm-hmm. uh stranger things because I watched it again, it kind of makes it look like he's going to be the bad guy. Right. Uh, so the trailer is nothing like this movie. Right. So I went in this movie like, one, I, I love going, my wife and I love going to the movies. Mm. And, and we love Ryan Reynolds, so we were going to see this movie. Right. So I went in thinking, I'll probably like this. I walked out loving this movie. I was shocked how much I loved it. And that's kind of the overall opinion that most people had of this film was it was not something that a lot of people expected to be. They thought it might be good, but they didn't think it'd be yeah. great. I mean, I went into, I didn't see it until it came out on streaming because uh, I, I saw the previews, <laughs> the trailer for you like a, a thousand times just like you did. I saw it numerous times I mean, because it was supposed to come out for so many years and just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. So I was just like you. I, I, you know, I saw the trailer over and over again. I kept thinking that movie hasn't come out yet. Uh, so you know, I didn't really was. I, it looked like it would be good, and you know, I wasn't, but I wasn't convinced that it would be good. Uh, so I wasn't just dying to go see it. So I didn't see it in theaters. And I heard it was good. I heard it was a really surprise hit and all that type of stuff. I'm like, well, I'll just still wait and see it uh, when it comes out on streaming. And when I did, I was like, oh wow, this is really really good. It was a lot better than what I expected. And like I said, that was for the most part, the reaction that a lot of people had was this was a, a far better movie than what people thought it was going to be going into it. 
Yeah, and, and I know, like when I was when I was in the middle of the theater, and you kind of when I watched it again the other day, you still kind of feel that I was like, you start watching this and you think it's going to be a love affair between Ron Reynolds, a guy, and Millie, played by the just incredible Jodie Comer. We're going to be talking mm-hmm. about her a lot, and then you find out, oh no, right, <laughs> it is a love story between Jodie Comer and Keys, Joe Carey, and then Joe Carey ends up being really as much the main character as anyone. Yeah, and that's what we're actually going to get into. So Because there, there's a lot of things that they do really well in this movie, and you've mentioned a few of them already. Uh, first and foremost, I think that what we need to mention is this movie, though, steals a page from Jerry Maguire and the fact that you're going into this thinking you're like when you went to Jerry Maguire, you thought you're going to see this movie about sports agents and the life of a sport agent. What you got was a romantic comedy. Right. This movie does the same thing. You think yep. you're going into this action pack movie that, that has video game elements and all that type of stuff, and you get a romantic comedy is what you're actually getting. So, like I said, it's stealing a page from Jerry Maguire because it is very different. Like you said, it is a very different movie than what you really get when you watch the trailers. Yeah, and then even to start, like, Keys looks like he's a villain because yeah, he's does. trying to kill Guy, right. and then he looks like he's kind of with uh, Taiki Wahidi, which mm-hmm. just fabulous <laughs> The best, yes, he uh, is. the villain as Antoine, but like, but then you know, it was like thirty, forty minutes in, you find out that him and Millie have this history, right? And then, and then his part totally changes, mm-hmm. where he turns into the good guy of the show. Yeah, it does. I mean, when or you, the movie. I'm sorry, not the show. Yeah, because you see that you know that Joe Carey, who if, if you were, couldn't place him, because he's he's had this, he's had a few roles like this where. You don't really, he's not the star, but he's this guy that you just see, and you're like, oh, who is that, who is that? And you're like, oh, that's Steve from, from Stranger Things. Uh, so he's, he's really capitalizing on, on his Stranger Things fame, so good for him. Well, he's good, too. Yeah, he he's is. Really good. He's really good in this. This movie should really help his career. Yeah, it really should. I mean, that's one of the great things about his him and Stranger Things is that first season, I mean, when he played Steve, he was not a likable guy. He didn't really have a lot of depth, but in that second season of Stranger Things, they change his character, and he shows a ton of depth in, yeah. in that second season. And that's kind of what launched his career into where he's getting in movies now, and we'll see him in a lot more stuff as, as his career goes along. And this movie is going to be a big help for that. Yeah, I think he in Stranger Things showed that William Zabka from you know uh karate kid he was yeah. so good as a bad guy that you were like there's something there yeah and he absolutely is taking advantage of it and you know like i said good for him because yeah he's he's a really good actor and he's talented and you know i was telling my wife about this we can have this conversation now it's so weird because he's about 30 yeah in the 80s or 90s when they had the lower budget mm-hmm. comedies action movies uh, dramas, he'd have a hundred of these. Oh yeah, he would have. Because, mm-hmm. like, you think about Matt Dillon, Tom Cruise, Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen. All these guys had right. a bunch of movies, and there's none for these guys his age anymore. No, there's all, really not. He he has to, even though he's thirty, he has to compete against the Ryan's, Gosling mm-hmm. and Reynolds, the, all the Chris's. Yeah. And and another person is in this movie, Treading Tatum. These guys are are a decade to fifteen years older than him, but he still has to go against them, which is so weird. That's the problem with streaming. Right. Uh, that there's not this the, the low budget, the lower budget. There's not a twenty million dollar movie that Joe Carey would be starring, which is sad because 
hopefully he gets his chance because he has the talent. Yeah, it's almost like the the age range for like the stars now has gotten from like you know mid twenties to mid thirties. Now it's like from mid thirties to mid forties. Right, mean, right, right. It's it's, it's gotten older uh, for some reason. I don't know. I, I, like I said, it may be a, a podcast for another day, but I don't know what has caused that because, well, like I said, I mean, basically all the big stars right now, like Ryan Reynolds in this film, I think he's like forty two or something like that. Yeah, he's, uh, I know he's he's my he's four, he's about he's going to be forty six. Oh, is he okay? I wasn't sure exactly how old he was, but mid forties, you know. Yeah, he's right there. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other people. I guess Channing Tatum's kind of. He's forty. Yeah, so he's right in that all, age range. The, the as well. Ryan, the Chris's, all mm-hmm. three, uh, all four of them. Right. Uh, they're all forty to forty five. Ron Gosling is forty. Yeah. So, like I said, it's all these. They're dealing. They're having to fight with these guys that are forty and to, to fifty. And he may have to like. He may have to have a role like this for the next you know ten years, just based off the way the the, the industry is going. He may have to play yeah. roles like this. You know, it's a good role for him. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, very good role for him. But he may have to be stuck as you know like the third or fourth bill person until he can until all those guys get a little bit older and they can't play those roles anymore. So I mean, it may just be the state that the industry is in. So I don't know. I mean, it's like like I said, it's just like these stars. Are, are holding on longer to their stardom, and I guess it's part of you know just they can make people look youthful and stay youthful a lot longer than they used to could. Uh, yeah. they, that's, I'm sure that's probably playing a part of it as well. But uh, but yeah, he's that he's he's fantastic. He is. It's like you said, you kind of think he's going to be the bad guy because. He hops into the game uh, to try to get rid of, of of guy at the beginning, and you know he's working with uh antoine and you don't understand and then when they actually he shows up to to millie's apartment you realize oh okay that's when his character starts to change and that's a really good point in the film because you really get an idea of what this story is about to be uh some other things that i found in this uh but you mentioned this earlier so i'm gonna go ahead and talk about it. taika watiti look i <laughs> He's not a ton in an actor in a ton of things, but he does some acting. And when he does it, he if you need an over the top, yeah. just you know in your face type of an actor, he's the guy. I mean, he's he's probably better known for his directing, just because of, yeah. uh, he's probably that's probably always going to be his his go to. But just this over the top, I mean, this over the top scumbag that he's playing in this, yeah. in this film. He's nailing it throughout the course of the, the entire movie. He he is on fire acting and directing. He doesn't miss. No, he doesn't. I mean, he knows what he can do, and that's one of the great things yeah. about anybody in a film, a TV show. When you know what you can do and what you can't do, it is you are going to excel in your profession. And he does a really good job. He knows what he can what he can do as an actor. He knows his limitations. He knows his strengths. And he plays to those every single time he is on screen. Like I say, he doesn't do a ton of stuff in terms of acting. Probably the thing he's done the most that he's on screen is the uh, HBO series that he's in, uh, Our Flag Means Death. I, I need to go back and watch more of that. I haven't had a chance to. Well, he was the star of the What We Do in the Shadows movie. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that because I'd forgotten about it. Uh, and Jojo Rabbit. He was Hitler in Jojo Rabbit. I want to see that. I have not had a chance to oh, watch that. Oh, it is so good. Yeah, I've heard it's spectacular. I just haven't had a chance to go back yes. and watch it. Uh, but like I said, he's just really good when it, like I said, knowing what you're capable of and what you're not is a huge part of being successful in Hollywood because the people who know what they can do, they gravitate. I mean, obviously you want to try to, to challenge yourself as an actor and probably go outside of that on occasion, but those guys who, who excel in their, in their roles and what they are able to do, Taika Waititi is just one of those people. Uh, some other things, uh, 
then you mentioned this as well. You know, finding a way to tell this love story in this movie is one of the most creative storytelling devices I've seen in quite some time. Because, you know, it's like, you know that you can't have a love story between Millie and, and Guy. It just yeah. can't. I mean, and like the absurdity of it is in that when they have that kiss after they've been out there for a while, you know, they've been doing whatever they're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, Guy says, you know, I want to kiss you right now. And she's like, okay. And like, so like you have the music playing yeah. and it's this beautiful moment. Then they go to like the other side of the screen where, and she's just kind of staring there like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> oh, her reaction was fucking. I mean, uh, yeah, Jody Comer is just amazing. Yes, she is. And if uh, if you're not sure, if you want to go watch some stuff, we're not doing recommendations. But if you want to find out, if you want to get some really good stuff with J- uh, Jody Comer, go watch Killing Eve. You can watch it on. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's a good. I haven't watched a ton of it, but when I first saw her, I, I just wanted to see it because this was the first thing I'd seen her in. Um, the 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 first season of Killing Eve may be one of the best seasons of TV yeah, out there. It's gotten worse as it's gone on. I haven't watched this season, but she's still amazing, you know, but that first season, man, it, unbelievable. Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. I haven't been able to watch a lot of it just because I haven't had time, but uh, like I said, what I have seen has been really, really good, and that's kind of what kind of brought her onto the scene is, is, yeah. is, that, is that series, but like I said, just the vehicle that they're trying to tell this love story, because you kind of get an idea for when they kind of do that flashback uh, to where they're at that gaming convention or wherever it is. Yeah. You kind of get an idea, okay, well, obviously there's some things that are going on between them, but you don't really know how that's going to come about because she seems to be in love with Guy, and the Guy's a computer program, right. so you're like, how is this going to come about? And when they revealed that basically when, uh, what was his name, Keys, when Keys was writing the program for Free City, uh, or not Free City, the, I can't remember what the name of the game was that they actually wrote. Free, free Life. Free Life, thank you. Uh, when they, he was writing the code for it, you know, he was writing this AI, and basically the AI that gets assigned to Guy was, as, he, as Guy basically puts it at the end of the film, the code for Guy is a love letter to Millie. And... You know, you don't really get us. You don't. That's kind of when it clicks for her. You, obviously, we as the audience start to figure it out a lot sooner than she does, but not a whole lot sooner though. No, no. And that that was the one romantic comedy thing I don't like. These are two twenty-something attractive people. How have they not? Yeah. Exactly. Come on. That is one of the, uh, when we start getting nitpicks. That is kind of one of my my things. I mean, obviously, the, there were obviously some feelings that were there prior to this, and if if they didn't pick up on them, then that's kind of it's hard. That's a little bit hard to believe, uh, and I guess let me talk about a couple of those nitpicks. This story about Guy and how you know he's this really cool program and this cool player in this game. Everybody because everybody thinks he's a player at first. They don't think he's an NPC. Uh, it's not going to make it to new ma- news ma- major news outlets. It's not yeah, going to make yeah, its way right, to Jeopardy. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. the, I will say the one where they have it in Japan. I can see that because that's a much more integrated part of their culture. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Alex Trebek would never have asked a question about right. about Guy in this movie, I mean, this yeah. film, I'm sorry, this game on uh, Jeopardy. That just that just would not have happened. Uh, the only other nitpick, though, that I had about this film was the game that they actually are trying to prove exists, Free Life, it, it looks kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I never fully got what the... We're just watching AI walk around? Yeah, that's kind of what it felt like. It's like... 
it, it's a boring game. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I don't think that really would have sold. So I, mean, I can kind of see why Antoine made it into what he made it into. So, yeah. Uh, but when you talk about nitpicks, I guess, those are the only ones I really had. Do you have any nitpicks besides those? Well, just because, like, uh, Joe Curie is a very attractive dude. Like, yeah. like, like, and Jody Comer is very attractive. Yes. Like to act like they're two nerds that aren't gonna like something's gonna happen between I, them. I Come will, on! I will say this: they did a good job, especially like in the past version of her, of making her look a little bit less attractive than she, what she actually is. Uh, yeah, I will say that they did a good job of it. And the, one of the things that I did really enjoy about this is when she's in the game, when she's playing Molotov girl or whatever. Yeah, her character's name. That's was, the name. Yeah. Um, when she's in the game, she's got her British accent going. Yes, I love that too. But when they, she's out of the game, when it's just actually her, she's got the American accent going. So I, I love that part of it. I was going to say that that's a very good point because she showed a lot of range. Mm-hmm, she did because, like you know, she's in the like you said, using the accent. I, lo- I like the wig. She right. looked cool. Mm-hmm. She did. You know, she looked good. And then she's playing the the uh, the the assassin, like just the mm-hmm. bad chick. That's that's killing everybody. I th- she pulled that off, and then you, you know you get the sweet girl, you know that's right. trying to that's that's being taken advantage of, and so she and she's playing all these different little parts, and she really gets to just to like I said, show the range she has, and she she's just just an incredible talent. Yeah, she really is. And one of the things I think that makes this movie work is the fact that they took they basically combined the game Free City is basically a combination of two different games, one from a game that was more popular when we were like in our teens and twenties, uh, because it's it's a setup just like Grand Theft Auto. Uh, yeah, it, I don't know if you played it, any, no. but I did when I, when Grand Theft Auto Three came out. Uh, I had it on PlayStation Two. I played it a whole bunch. But basically, the setup is the same in that in that game. Is you get these missions, and in these missions, you try to complete them, and that makes your character rise, and there's a story mode and all that type of stuff. You didn't have the online play that you have with, with this. But the other element of it is Fortnite, uh, which yeah. apparently kids tell me that's losing its popularity nowadays. Oh, but, no. But, uh, but yeah, but the whole idea of, you know, parachuting in, the, you know, so they do a good job of, like, getting a game that was that would appeal to people like our age, but also getting a game that would appeal to kids, the people are, who are into gaming now, and combining those two. So I thought that was a really smart idea on their part. Yeah, I agree, and the special effects were great. Yes, they were, and we haven't talked about those, but the the effects in this are just really on point. I mean, you really get an idea of, you know, when they're in Free City, when, when the NPCs aren't don't realize that they're in a game, you know, you have these great, uh, you know, they got tanks roaming around the city, you got these real-life news broadcasts, you have all this stuff going on, you have all these explosions, but then when they put on those sunglasses, you get the video game stuff, and yeah. how they integrate that into it, it's just a really good job of, of, of showing the video game stuff versus the real-life stuff, and how they see that, how they see that program, it's just a really good job of, of doing that, so I enjoyed that a whole lot. Uh, what else are some things you want to point out about this film? Uh, they had some really great cameos. And yes, they did. So, Hugh Jackman was the guy, the mask person that she ran into in the in the alley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was the guy robbing the bank who he stole the the glasses from. Right. Uh, we we mentioned Alex Trebek, Chris Evans at the end. Yeah, Chris Evans. Uh, at the end. John Krasinski was one of the uh, was one of the the hooded people. Oh, what's that? Just his voice. That. 
And then Channing Tatum as, <laughs> as the Benjamin Buttons, one yes. of the greatest days. Unbelievable performance by him. Yeah, and it was the, one of the great things I loved about his performance is the fact they were going from the in-game character to the to the real-life character and how they were constantly switching back and forth and you got the perspective of, you know, he started talking to his mom in real life and that was yeah, going through yes. So that was just an absolute, that was a great, great scene in that in, in this it, film. And, and Chetty Tatum was so good at playing like the, the weird, the weird uh, avatar or the yeah. gamer mm-hmm. as well, especially when he was dancing and, right. and trying to talk like the, like, like, uh, oh, it was, it was so funny. Just cause like when you see Channing Tatum, especially his introduction that is like, he's this, you know, great character that's right. killing everybody and very cool. Right. And then he is when you see him again and then he, he turns into it's a fanboy, you know, basically. Yeah. And Channing Tatum is very funny. He's, yes, he's, he, he doesn't get enough credit. He's a very brilliant actor. Yeah, he really is. I mean, you wouldn't expect that. You know, he's basically known to be this muscle-bound guy, but he's he's a really good actor, and he pulls what little he's in this film. He does a really good job of pulling that off. Uh, Anything else you want to talk about? Like I said, this is a good film, but there's not like it's not like this deep. deep, It's not this deep philosophical film. So uh, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about stuff that might bore people. What's some other stuff that you have? Anything? I I, I want to mention something else, and I meant to bring this up uh, in. The Adam Project, and so I'm going to give Ron Reynolds and Sean Levy uh, a lot of credit on this. Action movies like this and rock and roll just mix yeah. hand to hand. The do. music in both these movies is just fantastic. They play them at the perfect time. Right. We got like Boston and stuff like that, and uh, it's just like some 70s and 80s rock and these kind of movies. Man, it's just it's just perfect. I don't know how much Ron Reynolds has to do with it. Uh, you know, the fantasy right. uh, playing Mariah Carey's fantasy over and over. Uh, Jodie Comer has an impressive She's the one who does the slowed down version that they play towards the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really good. Like the music, uh, Sean Levy and uh, and Ron Reynolds. I, I'm I'm assuming Reynolds has to. I'm sure he does. Take of this, they they do a really good job with the music. Yeah, because he has his own production company, and I think I think it was involved in this film as well. I know it's going. His production company is going to be involved in uh, Deadpool three when they do it. So I would think that he has some say in it as well. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that was the case. Yeah, I got another thing. So it's the PG thirteen. They have one f bomb. Yes, they do. do. Do they need it? No, they didn't. Yeah, I didn't uh, think so either. This is this is like if you you didn't need it because kids could have seen this movie. Yeah, I mean, and most kids like most of the time one f bomb is not going to yeah. turn parents away. But right. uh, there are some parents that will even hearing that word one time it will turn them away, uh, and they won't let their kids see it. But like I said, most won't. But they get one uh, for for every PG thirteen film. If you have you get at least one f bomb, and they typically, and some movies put it in there, some movies don't. But you're right, they they didn't need it in this. I mean, I, I thought it would have been funnier if they'd have shown one of those little girls saying it, and then the, and then the gamer, you know, the the character that would have been funnier. That would have been funnier. You're right. I, I would have. I thought that would have worked out a whole lot better as well. But yeah, like I said, I mean, using it, not using it. Nine times out of ten, it's it, almost in every PG-13 film, whenever they use their one F-bomb, it always feels like it's forced. Yeah. Uh, and not always, but in this instance, it definitely felt like. One of the best times I, I remember actually it being used really well, I don't know, if, did you see X-Men uh, Days of Future Past? Yeah. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. This is not that one. It's uh, First Class. The, I, saw, I saw both of them. Okay, so in First Class, when they're trying to like get the academy together, you got Magneto and Professor X going around. They get the the Logan cameo, and that's when they go to the bar and they're like, they go up to him and he says, he says, "F off." That was one of the best uses. That's, that's a good use. Yeah, that was a good use of it. But most of the time, it's it's typically not. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me from the '80s, like when you would see a PG-13 movie, you're like, alright, we're going to get an F-fob, either one set of boobs or a, bu- or a butt. <laughs> exactly, because that was always the case. I mean, yeah. Airplane is like a classic yeah. example of that, so uh, but yeah, you're 100% correct about that, so it's, like I said, it, most of the time it, does, it it doesn't work, and I don't think it works here, but they're, they're going to typically use it, and I don't really know why they feel like they always have to. Alright, uh, what else? Anything else you want to talk about before we get into uh, awards? So there's Disney wants them to do a sequel. What do you think? No, they'll do one. Uh, do I think it's a good idea? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, you know, I'll give I'll give them credit. They you know they took a story that a lot of people they were really creative with this one. So yeah. I would like to see what they can do when there are some expectations this time around uh, because there were there were none. I mean, right, right. I mean, right. most people when they did this film, most people didn't have really had that much of it in terms of expectations. The only reason I think it got uh, viewed as much as it did was because there wasn't a whole lot out at this time. Yeah. Because uh, we were still, uh, even a month, this was about a month after the first Marvel film had hit back in theaters. Yeah. So, I think a big reason why it did well was, I mean, it was a good film. It did a box office, I think, of like $330 million or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was huge, huge. But I don't know that it would have done as well had it had a whole lot competing with it. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it was a good enough film for that box office, but just having kind of the exclusive access that it did, I think it's one of the reasons why it did so well. But it, it's it's a good film, uh, but it wasn't a film that people were expecting. So I'll be interested to see what they can do when they've got some expect, expectations put on them. Yeah. I don't, I'll be interested to see what they do with uh, with the story. Cause I, <laughs> That's the thing, yeah. Do you bring the whole cast back? I mean, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of, and that was why they haven't they have not committed to it yet because they they're kind of working on the story. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, it, it doesn't really have a, a a sequel ending. I mean, obviously you can always do a sequel. I mean, that, that yeah. is always the case. If you want to do a sequel, you can do a sequel. But the way that they ended it, it's not like just naturally needing a sequel. I don't know how they're going to go about doing that. I don't know what the plot's going to revolve around. Free guy to the return of Antoine. <laughs> I mean, that's about all I can think of. It's yeah, like yeah. like he does something to like get the rights back to, I don't know. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that, that plays out. So, uh, All right, I guess we're going to do some awards then. Let's do it. All right, so the Rachel, the star, the person who shines the most in this film, who was your Rachel? I went with Jodie Comer. Oh, good for you. I, I wanted to go for her, but I didn't. So why did you pick her, though? Man, she is, I know I keep, she, she's just impressive. Yeah, she is. Uh, she just, man, the range, the talent. Uh, they could have cast a lot of people in this wow. role, but... I, I think she would have been. I think she was the best person for this role. Yeah, she re, she was really really good in this, and like I said, she hasn't done a whole lot, uh, not a whole lot of big stuff. I mean, she's done yeah. actually quite a few roles, but uh, this is her first real, you know, shining star moment, and she does a really good job of it. Uh, I thought about going with her. I went ahead with Ryan Reynolds as guy. I mean, this is free guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you know, like I said earlier, this is not a typical ryan reynolds performance he doing this naive thing that's not something you typically see with ryan reynolds uh it's something that is very different for him 
And I thought he pulled it off extremely well, uh, you know, just being that guy who is just kind of spaced out and, you know, just, like I said, it just wasn't the type of performance that we see from him, and that's one of the reasons I went with it. And you had to get somebody who could pull that off really well, and he does, you know, every morning when he looked into that fishbowl, yeah, that, yeah. you know, that's that's a look that not everybody could pull off, and it just was so, so central to his character, uh, which just makes this film work really 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 well i mean it just kind of gives you an idea of just the type of a character that he is and i said that's one of the reasons why i, I went with him uh but either way i don't i don't think either one of us are, are wrong for that to say the least all right your joey the person you like the most not necessarily your favorite character but you like this person a lot so who was your joey i went with uh joe carey as keys I, I, I mean he just really surprised me you know his whole his whole role, and then how he ended up being really one of the main characters. Yeah, I went with him in another spot. Uh, this is where I went with Jodie Comer. Uh, this is where I put her uh, because she's just wonderful. I mean, she's absolutely wonderful. fantastic in this film. I mean, it's like you said, she does. She basically has two different characters she's playing. The in-game character is very different than the out-of-game character. Uh, yeah. And she does a really good job pulling both of those off. Have you seen The Last Duel yet? I know no, she's I one not. of the main stars of that. I haven't seen it yet either. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. I do plan to go back and watch it. Yeah. I haven't gotten to it yet. It's on HBO Max. Yeah, it is. So maybe that one, maybe one day we'll tackle that. But yeah, I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I do plan to. All right, your Chandler. Who's the person that made you laugh the most in this? Ron Reynolds. Okay, so I went with Ron Reynolds earlier, so I had to go with somebody else. Uh, I went with Lil Ray Howery as the security guard, buddy. Uh, he was great. We haven't talked about him, no, but he, he was, he's very funny in everything he's in, yes, he but is. he, th- this was a really, I like this role for him because he, he was a little bit more subdued than he normally is. Yeah, he, he, he was. And normally he's kind of a bigger personality, a bigger, yeah. uh, just this kind of flamboyant, uh, in your face kind of, of character. And this was a little bit more subdued, but he's still really, really funny when, when yeah. he's, when he's called upon it and he's uh, asked to be in there. I kind of thought about going with the guy who played Dude uh, at the end. Yeah, that was, yeah. Because yeah, <laughs> he was absolutely hysterical. Yeah, I don't remember was. who his name was. Catchphrase. <laughs> yes. Like that, because if he had been on the screen a lot more, I, yeah, I might have yeah. gone with him. Yeah. Uh, but I was considering him. But then I decided to go ahead and go with uh, Buddy for, for this role. All right, who's your Phoebe? The one that uh, is a little bit off, a little bit kind of weird to figure out. Who's your Phoebe? I went with... Revengeman Buttons himself, Channing Tatum, because you That's know it looked it looked like he was going to be the action star, and then to see him be in this you know nerd fanboy, right, it exactly. was just hilarious. Yeah, that was that was a great turn for him, and I, that's a that's a good call. I went with uh, I don't I'm probably I'm going to butcher his name, Utkarsh and Butkar, uh, yeah, Mouser. He, yeah, he was great. I almost went with him. The reason I went with him, I mean, you know, when he shows up to like get rid of guy as a cop and he's in wearing that bunny suit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why would you wear a bunny suit going to, to apprehend somebody? So, yeah. uh, so I thought that was that that was good. But you know, he also has that role where you don't really know if he's going to side with Anton. You don't really know if he's going to side with Keys. Yeah. Uh, he he kind of you're not sure how that's going to play out. So that's the reason I went with him as as the baby. Yeah, and he was he was good about playing where he looked like he he was playing all all sides because yes, like was. a lot of times he was he was with yeah Antoine that's right and then like he was like with you know he would side with Keys like right. when Antoine wasn't there. All right, your Monica, the person who plays a pivotal role, maybe not your favorite person, maybe not your least favorite person, but they got a pivotal role to play. Who's your Monica? I went with Little Red Howery as Buddy. I I really loved him in this role. Okay, uh, this is where I went with Keys. Uh, I thought just because his role as the 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 coder the guy who's on the inside and just playing just the way that his character develops 
I thought played really, really well in this in this film. Uh, just going from, it's like you said, you're not sure if he's going to be the bad guy, and then you realize that not only is he not the bad guy, he's kind of the main character in, yeah, in yeah. a way. Yeah. So, and that's just, that's probably one of the greatest things about this film is the way that you know you've got Ryan Reynolds. You know, he's yeah. mm-hmm. the the incredibly attractive guy. He's the he's the star. And he's not the love interest. Uh, and like right. Said, it's just like, like I said, the creative storytelling in this in this movie. That's one of the reasons why I ended up enjoying it as much as I did, just because it's such a creative storytelling device. And what they, what he and Sean Levy did together was just absolutely fantastic. But this is where I went with Keys, just because, like I said, his role as it transitioned and the way it developed in front of you, I thought was really impressive. And let's mention one more thing. Sean Levy was a, was one of the main directors and producers of Stranger Things. That's so right. he, he knows Joe mm-hmm. Carey. So he knew... Because, like, there are a lot of people who could pull this role off. Right. Like you said, he's going against Ron Reynolds, and he ends up being, like, the romantic lead. Right. So, Sean Levy knew that he could pull it off. Yeah, and he, he did a spectacular job. So, you know, you know, having him, knowing what he could do from his time as State Trainer, like, so I had forgotten about that. I'm glad you mentioned it, because I would forgotten that he was so pivotal in, in yeah. the development of that show. All right, you're Ross, your least favorite character. And this could be a character that you don't like because they're, you're not supposed to like him or just because of the performance uh, is not very good. Who was your Ross? I think we're going to have the same person. Probably. It's Taiki Watiti as <laughs> Antoine. And this is an instance of just doing what he's supposed to do. You're not supposed yeah. to like Anton. You're supposed to hate Anton, and you absolutely do despise Anton in in, in this film. Uh, and I, 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 love this, I love some of the things. Like, he has this rant about... He's like, don't you love Kentucky Fried Chicken? <laughs> like, yes. like he just goes in like that make no sense. Right, exactly. He's talking about, but, but it does kind of make sense. I mean, he's like, you know, if you like Kentucky Fried Chicken, you're gonna go get Kentucky Fried Chicken too. You're not gonna get. I don't remember what else. It yeah, was like saying. Toledo something. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, he's just absolutely wonderful as this just scumbag. I mean, yeah. That's, that's what he's playing in this, and he's doing just a fantastic job of it. So, I uh, really enjoyed his performance in it, and. Like I said, he's just when he's in it, he's not. He doesn't do a ton of acting, but when he does, he normally does it really, really, really yeah. well. So, all right, our rating system: we have five different things. We have five different ways in which we can rate a movie or television show. Uh, at the top of our list is a Game of Thrones, the best of the best. Right beneath Game of Thrones is a Lost. In the middle of the road is a Friends. Uh, just below Friends is a, a Full House, and at the bottom of the barrel is. Baywatch, which will be only if you're desperate. So, where does the movie Free Guy fall for you in our rating system? I gave it a loss, and I gave it a strong loss. I really, really like this movie. Yeah, I did the same thing. I went with Lost. It it could have been a Game of Thrones if it just had a little bit more, uh, what's the word, a little bit more gravity, I guess, to yeah. it. Uh, but it's a very lighthearted film, and that's fine. It's it's absolutely wonderful in what it is trying to be but you know if you're if you're going to be a game of thrones you got to have a little bit more serious tone uh and but this film is wonderful i mean it's absolutely yeah. it's absolutely spectacular fun to watch I've, i enjoyed it like i said i didn't get to finish it on my second watch just because i was getting a little bit pressed for time this week but i hated the fact that i didn't get to finish the second time because i was enjoying it again when i was watching it yeah, and like you mentioned, the surprise of, oh, my God, I'm watching a rom-com. Yes, exactly. I mean, like I said, that was just so, like I said, when I started watching it, it was like I was not expecting to watch a romantic comedy, and that's what ends up what it actually kind of is. Yeah. Uh, and you don't, you don't expect it. I mean, 
I will, like I said, I've already said it once or twice, but just the storytelling in this is just so creative. Uh, yeah. You don't see a whole lot of they, – there were a lot of chances taken in this film, and you know you don't see a whole lot of that in – especially in this type of movie that is designed to make a lot of money. They typically yeah. play it safe, and this was not a movie that played it safe. And, and a remarkable cast. They, yeah. they nailed it every role. They really did. They absolutely got the role. They got the cast for every single one of these absolutely perfect, so – all right. Anything else you want to say before we get into our things that we're looking forward to? Uh, do we want to mention what we're covering next week? Oh, thank you. I'm glad you said that. All right. So next week, uh, we will be dis- uh, discussing the long-awaited uh, – I should be done with it. If, uh, if I'll be really, really close. If not, uh, the, we'll be doing uh, Succession. Uh, apparently, you know, it's the big, huge hit that I was unaware of. Uh, but uh, I'm on Season 3, Episode 2. I just finished that up uh, as we're recording this. Uh, so I should have time to get through the uh, rest of that. And we will be doing our patron pick. And our patrons have decided this week we are going to be doing The Tourist uh, on HBO Max. So both of those are HBO Max films. I'm sorry, HBO Max shows. Uh, you can catch both of them if you haven't gotten succession. We're doing all three seasons. Uh, we're just going to kind of do an, uh, a large over uh, big picture review of succession uh, i'm really looking forward to seeing how it plays out for the rest of season three if you are if you're listening to this and you've seen it you know already obviously uh, it's really good <laughs> but uh the tourist is uh also on hbo max it's six episodes if we can't if i can't get through uh ryan has already seen uh, yeah. the tourist right? well no no i've started it okay you started it. so if we can't get through all six episodes we will uh, cover what we can, and then we'll maybe possibly add it is, and do maybe two shows on it. So we'll either be doing one or two shows of The Tourist. We'll just kind of have to wait and see how far we get. Let me do it quick. The Tourist is stars Jamie Dorman. He wakes up in Australia with no memory, and he he has to learn wh- wh- who he is and why is he there. Yeah, and it sounds, it sounds really good, and the reviews on it are really good, too. So, yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll be interested to watch it. I've been wanting to watch it. just haven't had a chance to get to it. And we're actually going to talk about that here in just a second. So uh, things you're looking forward to. What are you looking forward to, Ryan? The month of April is going to be insane, uh, especially the returning shows that, that I love. Atlanta, Better Call Saul, The Flight Attendant, Russian Doll, Barry. Yeah. Those are five, those are five shows that I've watched. It's, I, and the stuff we're covering here, I'm gonna. I I love TV. I don't know if I'm gonna have enough time. Well, that's why. Okay. Well, so we get to my. Let's let me go ahead and kind of get into mine because you mentioned this. It's it's daunting how much stuff is coming out in the next month. I mean, one of the things you know I did not expect when we started doing this is, you know, we're trying to figure out you know what our listeners like and what they don't like, what they what they'll what they'll want to hear uh, podcasts, what shows and movies they're going to hear podcasts about, and I think I've got a pretty good idea based off of what we've. Listened what they have listened to so far you know the star wars stuff the yeah. the superhero stuff i think they're really into the really you know prestige stuff on hbo max with based off of what we saw with station 11 but there's so much other stuff out there yeah. i'm like how can we pick what we're going to cover because we can't cover everything i mean i was listening to uh, the watch podcast which is one of the ones from the ringer uh and they were talking about all this stuff that you just mentioned, plus a whole bunch of other stuff that's yeah. coming out in April. There's just a ton of stuff. I mean, I, I, I want to see Halo. Uh, it's not got yeah. great reviews, but I, I, I still want to see it just because it's uh, it's a pretty iconic part of culture. Uh, but 
you know, I mean, they said that, you know, we can't even cover everything, and that's what they do for their job. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it's a little bit daunting, you know, all this stuff that's getting ready to come out. You know, my fear is that there's going to be some really good stuff that comes out that won't get picked up again because there's just, there's just not enough time in people's day. Yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't release a new show in April. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it at all just because, like I said, I mean, it's going to get lost in the mix. I mean, with yeah. all the stuff that you mentioned, a lot of those things are things that I've wanted to watch, and I just haven't had time to. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'd love to see Russian Doll, but I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know if it's... You would like it. I'm sure I would, but, you know, like, when am I have time? Yeah, and, yeah. and don't take this the wrong way, but, you know, when you have kids, you know, oh, yeah. your, your time is... You, you right. Be, like this week, I'm, uh, my wife is... Uh, She's got to uh, make support appearances because her company's being sued. Uh, so she's got to deal with that, and you know I got to deal with you know that means I've got to pick up a little bit more than I normally do, and just like how there was a time when networks and even the streaming services for the most part, you know, you didn't really, if if Game of Thrones was out, you weren't putting stuff out around Game of Thrones. Right. If uh, Sopranos was out, you weren't putting stuff out around Sopranos. They don't seem to be doing that anymore. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that Barry, Better Call Saul, and Atlanta, who are all like critically mm-hmm. acclaimed, really the flight attendant as well, uh, are all coming out right around the same time. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm kind of shocked by that. And you mentioned you you are correct. My my wife and I like one of our hobbies is watching these shows. Right. So that's how we can watch a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, than like we, we choose to do this as, as a hobby. Right. But but it is. I don't, I don't, I don't, Russian Doll is going to be pushed to the back burner. Yeah, so, like, there's just a lot of stuff out there that I want to see, yeah. and, like, it's like, when am I going to find time to watch all this yeah. stuff, and I'm just, like, like I said, it's it's a good problem to have, don't get me wrong. Yeah, oh, it really is. But, you know, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something that I would really enjoy, and I guess that's, hopefully, maybe, if I do miss some of these things that come out in April, it should slow down a little bit in the summer, at least I think it will. Yeah. Then uh, maybe I can go back and catch some of them. Uh, but like I said, there's just a lot coming out. And you mentioned pretty much all of them. And there's still some more that we haven't mentioned. Yeah. And I just can't remember them off the top of my head, to be honest with you. So, But yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm going to echo what you said. There's just a lot of stuff coming out in April. Uh, Halo's coming out next week. That's the immediate thing that I'm kind of looking forward to. I don't know if I'm going to have a whole lot of time to watch it. I will watch the first episode. I haven't even mentioned Panchinko, which is supposedly like oh, yeah. the... From the reviews I have read about Panchinko on Apple TV Plus, it is like going to compete for one of the greatest series of all times. Uh, I'm hearing that type of stuff about it, and I, I look at it and I'm like it looks kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> beloved book. My wife says very beloved book. But you know, like I said, I'll, I'll watch a few. I'll definitely the first three episodes are coming out on Friday on Apple TV Plus. So I'll I'll definitely check them out. Uh, and like I said, when I first saw it, it looks kind of boring. But then I started reading reviews on it, like. Well, maybe I should watch this. So, yeah. uh, so, but anyway, that's kind of that's everything that's coming out. There's a lot to choose from. So, if, if there's something that anybody wants us to actually cover, you know, reach out to us and we'll we'll see if we can work it in. But basically, kind of what we're thinking about for the month of April, we're definitely be doing Moon Knight because that seems to be a, a, a key thing for the for our listeners. We'll definitely be covering it. But uh, uh, we got some wiggle room on some of the other stuff. So, all right, anything you want to add or we head off? I can't wait to hear what you see about the finale of Succession. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm interested to see where, where it goes in the season. They are doing a fourth season, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. And always remember, 
you can't make a tomlet without breaking a couple of Gregs. <laughs> I've not gotten to that point yet. They haven't said that yet. No, that was in the second season. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I've watched a lot of it, so yeah. some of it kind of blends together, to say the least. Uh, but yeah, the second season was really, really good. It was, it yeah. was really good, especially the way it ended in that second season. Yeah. You should go check out my Twitter. I did a couple of reactions to it uh, the other night when I was watching it. Oh, okay. I'll have to go back. Uh, Mark, uh, anything else you want to add? Just want to thank everybody for joining us, and we'll see you next time. I will always echo the same sentiments, and until then, as always, may all of your entertaining dreams come true.